Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to our prayer call this morning. We just bless the Lord. We say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you all to God's mighty presence this morning. Hallelujah. This beautiful day that the Lord has made. And we rejoice and we are glad in it. Amen. Let's go before Father God in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your holy name. We thank you, God, for this opportunity for us to come together once again, God, to lift up your name, to hear from you, to hear from heaven. We yield to your spirit this morning. We say, have your way, God. Have your way. Work it in us that which is well-pleasing to you. Holy Spirit, speak, dear God, through our devotion leader this morning. Pray through our prayer leader. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining again on the prayer call. Let me introduce you to our team. My name is Sister Charlene Tuckerson. I'm your facilitator this morning. The angel of our house is Bishop C. Carl Smith and Pastor Adrian Smith. We say welcome and good morning to our pastor and first lady. Our devotion leader this morning is Elder Gail Knowles. Good morning, Elder Gail. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful, Sister Charlene. Thank you so much for asking. I'm excited as usual. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Amen, amen. And we thank God for, excuse me, our prayer leader this morning, Sister Shirley Burke. Good morning, Sister Shirley. How are you doing today? Good morning, Sister Charlene. I am well, and I praise the Lord for this day. Yes, hallelujah. I praise the Lord right along with you, this beautiful day that the Lord has made. Without further ado, we want to move forward. Elder Gail, we're ready for you. Well, good morning once again. We're, you know, we have been talking and Bishop's been talking to us about uh, restoration. He's talked about redeeming uh, the lost ones, uh, the ones who have gone out, and the prodigal son in particular. Uh, we're going to talk about that this morning. Some I have some uh, 
relatable experience to that myself of understanding what it means to be a prodigal and and trying to re-enter and coming back. Um, you know, while reviewing this chapter in Luke 15 and in the Gospel of Luke, um, there's a lot of of uh, different character traits that are going on with some people that are in the story. And uh, as I said, I can certainly relate to those, and it takes me back many, many, many years ago to when this was myself. And uh, in the book of Luke, when we were talking and we find this prodigal son who clearly went rebellious, leaving for a good time with money, uh, frequenting with women, not respecting his family, et cetera, his father, uh, took his inheritance. And after a while, I don't know exactly, I can't recall how long it said that he was out there, if it even did, he found, he woke up. You know, sometimes we want to say to the ones that are out there playing this game uh, that we want them to wake up. And I know that I personally speak that over many people in my life. I just simply pray and say, Father, cause them to wake up like you did me. And the work of the Holy Spirit uh, is very capable of waking people up and bringing them to their senses. And how that happens is we begin to pray, and we pray for the Holy Spirit. We pray for laborers to come come across their paths, etc. Well, in this particular story, uh, the father had unconditional love, and that's the love of Christ. And he's showing, God is showing us, this is what I want from you as children of God when you're dealing with people who have gone astray and they come back, whether they're family members, whether they're children, uh, if it's somebody you meet on the street or whatever that God puts across your path. The father had unconditional love, and it absolutely was elated that his son had come home. So he begins to throw a huge party. His other son was out working in the field. He didn't actually know what was going on, but he threw a big party, and the other son came in, as the story goes, and he was furious. He was mad. He was jealous. He was bitter. He could not understand why a father would care about uh, the son who left. And actually, he was talking about how he had left him to do all the work take care of his father and do everything. And now all of a sudden the father wants to put slippers on him, put a ring on his finger, uh, like nothing had happened. And, you know, many of us know that, that when people leave our lives, uh, as particularly once again, if they're people that are close to us, there's feelings involved. There's opportunities to get righteously angry about it because it leaves the other person with something. But, you know, we also don't see in this picture whether or not the son that was left at home helped his father to go after the son. It doesn't say that they did that. It doesn't say that the brother was even anxious about getting him back home. Um, And as I said, you know, I was the prodigal, 
and and I know that Jesus is always about unconditional love. He's always wanting us to show compassion. He's always wanting us to show mercy. He's wanting us to think more about someone else that is unworthy in our estimation than we do about ourselves. At a young age of 16 years, well, 16 years old, I was a, a very good, good, good Christian girl. I loved the Lord with all my heart. I knew that Jesus was, uh, I had a great youth group and that he loved me. And I wanted to taste the world so bad. And it came through music for me, which I find is very interesting because sometimes I'm really coming hard on music because it takes our young people away. We don't even understand the lyrics of that music. But uh, when I did begin to come back after many, 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 many years, um, after I came back, not everybody was that happy to see me. I had burnt a lot of bridges. Uh, I didn't have a big party thrown for me. And when I did come back, I had nothing with me. I had lost everything, absolutely everything. My self-esteem, my identity. I did not know who I was, what I was. I felt shame and guilt and how bad that I had let everybody down, and surely I thought God was mad at me. I thought that God was finished with me, to be honest with you. And uh, I just have to tell you that love never fails. Love never gives up. Love never quits. Love always believes the best in others. And I want to encourage you today, if there's anybody in your life that is uh, out there, for people that we see, we have got to meet them with love. We have got to meet them with compassion. We have got to put away the self-righteousness of, well, you know, look at how they've done themselves and what happened to them and and uh, making these judgment calls on other people that we've never walked in their shoes or have any idea what it's like to fall into the pit of hell and not be able to know if you're going to be able to get back up or not. And I'm going to say in this short devotion this morning that God really pricked my heart and helped me to understand what he wants from us. The perfect perfect example of going about our father's business is to keep redemption always and keep our antennas up, searching for the ones who have wandered, looking and seeking for the lost, waiting and praying for the rebellious to consider to reconsider and to come home. Don't ever give up on your kids. I know there's people personally on the call today that haven't seen their children for many, 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 many years. And we need to be constantly aware that our Father wants us and to care about others, just like we have the opportunity. You know, our in our uh, in evangelism ministry is amazing. They are out there with people now on Saturdays, helping them take showers, taking prayer requests from them, praying with them so that they can get back up and get back out there. We need to be praying for our evangelism team. We need to even ask if they have room for people to come and help. We're giving them coffee. The St. Vincent de Paul is giving them food. You know, these are people. These are God's children. This is somebody's son. This is somebody's daughter. 
And I'm compelling you today because I have a heart so bent on wanting to help people. And it may not seem like it. Some of you don't know me that well. And when I first got back into uh, the arms of God, I spent 25 years going to the Richmond Rescue Mission consistently every month, giving a testimony to at least 100 men and some women before they ate, giving them a testimony, giving them hope, letting them know that God cared about them, letting them know some of my story. For 25 years, I did that. It smelled so bad in there that I had to take a change of clothes to drive home sometimes because people wanted to come up and hug me and thank me for just reaching out to them. I went into the prisons. I went into the convalescent ministry. I spent a lot of time in evangelism. Um, And I want to encourage you as our new destiny church and those on the line from other churches and other places to start praying for the prodigals. Start asking God to drop them in your path, to show you how you can reach out to them and to help you understand that it's by the grace of God that it is not you. The enemy is trying his best to keep us divided away from one another. We don't even want to be around people that are, are uh, in that dire straits. I mean, they're, sometimes they're just plain disgusting. Honestly, I'm saying that because I know I was myself. Uh, we become bitter. We become angry at people that have, and we're the have-nots. The ones that lost it all have to come back and reenter. But you know what? We have a loving God. And this morning I'm going to close this with, a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, for everyone on the call today, for myself included, Father, ignite in my spirit, in our hearts, God, what we are seeing around us. We don't go anywhere today, even in the parking lot at our church, Father, next door, Father, at the St. Vincent de Paul, the showers that are being given, God. Uh, everywhere we go, they're laying in the gutter. They're, they have no home. They're, you know, and it's easy to say sometimes, well, you know, there's so many programs out there. There's so many things to help them. And, you know, you can't just give them, give them, give them, give them. They'll never learn. We need to get out of our heads and get into the mind of Christ. This is what God has commissioned us to do, whether we like it or not. And we are living in days where we have got to become sensitive to who's around us and what's around us. These people are so desperate today, they're taking people and throwing them on the tracks in the uh, inner cities, in the uh, places where they commute for the trains to run over people because they're so mentally disturbed. And we need to get out and become the church. And so I say that with a heavy heart. And Father, I thank you. I thank you, God that as we pray in our next segment, that we are praying, Father, for people and for healing, God, that we become the church. Ignite our spirits today. Blow a fresh wind over us, Father. Cause us to ignite our spirit and put embers that are burned out in us, Father, waving the word of God over us and causing us to wake up ourselves and know our true purpose. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Thank you, Elder Gail. You know, I thought about, um, as I read those scriptures um, from Luke 15, 
that the first verse, that 17th verse, should I say, that you were talking about, he, it said, you know, when he came to himself, when he came to himself, and I thought about he had forgotten his identity, who he was. And he thought about the servants and what they had back there and who he was in his father's home, his inherited right. And how many times have we done that? Thank you, Elder Gill. That was such a beautiful lesson. And if we just think about how would we feel, how would we feel and we treat others as Christ would want us to treat others, love others as we want to be loved. Amen? To remind them of their identity. Thank you again, Elder Gail. That was wonderful. Now we want to swing to Elder, Sister Shirley. Sister Shirley, please come and do our prayer request and any praise report that we have. Saints, let's stand together in agreement and believe as she prays. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you for the prayer Elder Gail prayed, Lord God. And I set myself in agreement with that prayer, Lord God. But we all were prodigals, Lord God, and you found us, Lord God, in a place, Lord God, where only you could help us, Lord God. And we thank you for Jesus for his awesome sacrifice, Lord God. And we reach out to those that are in need today, Lord God. And we give you praise on and glory that you strike our hearts, Lord God that we are more attentive to the things that you care about, and that's people no matter where they are. We give you praise for that, O oh God. And we thank you for this new day, for a sound mind to hear what the Spirit is saying. We thank you for the desire to worship your name and offer praise from the fruit of our lips. Father God, we thank you for Psalms 145, 1 through 7. You are a good Father, and we extol your matchless name. Every day we will bless and praise your name forever and ever, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And your greatness, O oh God, is unsearchable. Hallelujah. One generation, Father, shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. We will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, O oh God. We shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, declare your greatness, and sing of your righteousness as we come to bow down in your presence, to seek your face and not your hand. Father, we stand in your presence with bowed heads and raised hands this morning, asking for forgiveness for the sins and deeds done in our bodies, minds, and spirits that causes our relationships to be hindered or broken with you. Father, we can offer nothing without pure hearts and clean hands. Father, cleanse us from all arrogance and ignorance of your word, will, and way, and help us in the areas that are causing us to stumble and fall more than we should as believers. Father, deliver us from ourselves and the cravings of our flesh that brings dishonor to your name. Father, we thank you for the capacity to forgive those that have hurt us so that we may receive your forgiveness for our wrongdoings towards you and others. Father, restore us to a place of wholeness as we surrender to your will and your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And right now, in this moment in time, we call upon our sovereign God, Elohim, the one and only true living and covenant-keeping God that created us knows all about us, and loves us dearly. As we approach the throne of mercy and obedience with boldness, a confidence, faith, authority, and the power in the name of Jesus, we know our God hears us and will answer according to his will, his time, and his purpose for our good and for his glory. We have one prayer request this morning in the name of Jesus, Lord God, as we lift this up. 
Father, as we stand in your presence, we are touching and agreeing with your will for Stephen Parker, the son of Robert and Veronica Parker. Stephen's parents are asking for a supernatural divine healing in his body, mind, soul, and spirit. Stephen is in Los Angeles in the ICU with pneumonia and liver disease. Oh, The doctors have said Stephen's healing is between him and his God. Oh, my God. And that is a fact. Father God, you created Stephen's body and knows every intricate detail of who he is, what he needs, and you are the only one that can heal him. Father, we thank you for Stephen's doctors that have done all they can, and we pray they are standing in faith with his family as we call upon Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals all our sicknesses and diseases and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Father, we cry out for your healing touch in Stephen's lungs and liver as we stand in faith on the word of God in Isaiah 53 and 5 that declares Jesus, our, Jesus, our Savior and High Priest, was wounded for Stephen's transgressions. He was bruised for his iniquities. The chastisement for his peace was upon Jesus, and by Jesus' stripes we call Stephen healed. Father, we come up against everything with the word of God that is coming against Stephen's mind and his body and trying to rob him of his healing, his peace, his faith, and hope. And we declare Jeremiah 30, 17 over his life, asking you to restore Stephen to health and heal his wounds, O oh God. Father, we set our faith in agreement with Robert and Veronica as they are standing on James 5 and 15 and 16b portion of the scripture that declares the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up in the name of Jesus. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. For the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We thank you for that, God. Father, we ask for your healing virtue to surround Stephen's body and eliminate the unnecessary fluids in his lungs and restore them to full working capacity so he may breathe on his own in the name of Jesus. Father, eradicate all information, any viruses, abnormal genes, and the root cause of the liver disease and restore Stephen's liver to its proper function of producing bile and the necessary proteins and cholesterol his body needs to function in the way you designed it to. Father, speak life to every area of Stephen's body and call him out of any fear, doubt, or unbelief. Father, you knew the day and hour Stephen would need you in this situation. And in the healing process, we ask you to gird him up, O oh God. Gird him up, O oh God, with your generous spirit and hide him in your presence until he has been restored according to your will and purpose. Father, let tears of repentance flow from the heart of Stephen as he reaches out to you like he's never done before, believing you hear him and the cries of his parents for his healing. Father, we pray Stephen will praise you as he waits on you to restore him. Give him a testimony, O oh God, that cannot be denied, declaring you are the healer, and the healing we all need in Jesus' name. Father, we cover Robert, Veronica, and their family and friends with your word that will uphold them in the days and months ahead as they wait on your perfect will to be done in Stephen's life. Father God, we thank you for hearing our hearts cry for Stephen's healing and strength for his family to continue to trust you for your perfect will in this situation. May they not grow weary and give up, but continue to pray daily, hallelujah, trust and wait on you in faith. And we, the body of Christ, that new destiny, will continue to pray for the family and believe by faith for Stephen's healing in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Father, we give you praise today, Lord God, hallelujah, for you are the great healer, oh God. Father, we lift up Psalms 145 and 17 through 20 that declares, 
Our God is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. Yes, he will. He also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him. Hold on my shame. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together for what he has already done and yet to do in the life of Stephen Parker. Father, we thank you for Stephen's salvation, your compassion on his life, oh God, and your perfect healing in his body. In Jesus' name we pray today and we give you all the praise, God, and glory. Amen, amen, and amen in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. According to Matthews 18 and 19, we agree here on earth as touching. So we know that everything that Sister Shirley has petitioned this morning to Father God shall be done in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We want to quickly swing back to Elder Gail. Elder Gail, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with us this morning? Uh, I do, and that was a powerful prayer, Sister Shirley, very powerful prayer. Uh, you know, charity is the pure love of Christ, and meaning the type of love that comprises the power of Christ to search out, to seek, to wait patiently, to reinstate, to rejoice. And I believe that God is saying the true sons and daughters of God the true sons and daughters of God, and I'm speaking this over myself as well, it's easy to get calloused and desensitized to what's going on around us. They assume that there are, they are assuming that there are no coincidences in the lives of righteous people. If we encounter someone who needs loving and saving, then we have to assume that God placed those people across our path. And we should take responsibility, whatever that is, whether it's to pray for that person, to speak over them. They're not afraid to love. You know, I'm finding myself so afraid these days, I don't even want to walk from Target to my car. That fear, like Bishop was talking about on Wednesday night, fear is coming to stop the power of God from working because in perfect love it casts out fear I know whose I am and I know that I am protected under the 91st Psalm and there's no fear in love but perfect fear cast out perfect love cast out fear and if I encounter someone who is hurting or who wants to come home then I need to try and show them at some level, that God loves them. Even if I give them a smile, you know, that may sound so simple. But you know how many people don't want to look in the eyes of anybody anymore? We've got to really search God and ask him to cause our hearts to become sensitive to our environments. It doesn't mean be crazy. It doesn't mean that we have to shove money in everybody's hand that walks by us. Whatever the Holy Spirit says to do, we can pray in tongues, but let's just don't pretend it's not happening and go on our way and look for something to make us feel good. The heart of God is waiting for his children 
to reach out and to make a difference in this world. And that's who we are at New Destiny. And that's who our evangelism team is. And that's who our ushers are and who our greeters are and our bishop teaching and preaching and our ministers that are singing and we're creating an environment we've been having people most recently that are coming from out that are homeless people that are coming into our services some of them have gotten jobs they're being prayed with they've been helped uh people are putting things in their hands uh and and i'm thrilled about that and i know that you are too so enough enough of that and uh, be in prayer today for uh, the war that started, for the people that are being murdered today and, and shot down and out of the enemy. You know, just put your heart in a place to pray for the world today. That's all I have, Sister Charlene. Thank you, Elder Gail. Thank you. We honor and love our bishop and first lady. Before we close out, we want to ask Bishop Smith, do you have anything that you'd like to share with the family this morning? Good morning, Sister Charlene. Thank you so much. Good morning, Elder Gail. Wonderful devotion. Also, Sister Shirley, uh, wonderful, wonderful and powerful time of prayer this morning. Good morning to everyone that's on the line. This morning, thank you for being a part of this inner circle as we come together and pray and believe God that his wonder-working power begin to work in the lives of the beloved. Uh, one of the things, uh, I want to say a couple of things. One of the things, as Elder Gill so wonderfully walked us through the narrative of the prodigal son as Jesus unfolds it, and then she walked us through a portion of her own life in which she had become an, a, a prodigal and um, just really understanding compassion. And that's what I want us to see this morning because there's two sons. One left home, one didn't. The one who stayed home, which I did not go into that part of the narrative on Sunday, he complained about what the father had did for the son who had left home who lost his identity who come to himself. But that's a whole nother, whole nother conversation. I want to focus on the fact that in spite of what the son had done, took his inheritance, mishandled it, and in the process, he mishandled himself because of his choices. Many of us have been there for whatever reason whatever reason. The bigger picture is the compassion, the love, and grace, and mercy of a father. I was thinking about this, that there are many people who don't understand the compassion of a father. They grew up without a father, or they grew up with a stepfather, or what have you. And they don't really know the love of a father. Well, let me tell you something. When you begin to know God, Abba, Daddy, in a more intimate way, 
you'll begin to understand the love, the compassion of a father and how wonderful he is to extend mercy to those who need it just when they need it. Because that's what he does. You may be thinking, Pastor, how can I know God like that? Well, let me tell you. All you have to do is begin to open your Bible and read the Scriptures. And you'll begin to see God manifesting himself in the life of people. How God shows up in the life of Moses. How God shows up in the life of Esther. How God shows up over and over and over in people's lives to be their father. To be merciful to them. To show his loving kindness and his tender mercies. The same God who extended his love, his grace, and his mercy, through compassion to us, we in turn, as Elder Gill said, should share that with others, begin to extend it to others. We don't know everybody's situation and how they become homeless, how what triggered in them that caused them to become mentally ill, um, what door they opened for that demon to attack them, to attack them. And that's what it is. I'm calling it what it is. It's a demon that has connected himself to these people's souls. We don't know what triggered it. But one of the things I do know is God can deliver them. God can deliver them. And we have to begin to pray to see the deliverance power of our God in the life of people. That's the narrative of the prodigal. The robe, the ring, and the sandals are symbols of restoration. As I shared with you, God will never restore you back to what you were not. The prodigal said, I'll be happy to be a slave because I knew I messed up. That's his repentance. That's him showing that he was sorry for what he had done. And the father, in understanding the true identity of a son, could not restore him to slavery, to being a servant. No, that's not, that's not restoration. He could only restore him back to what he was, which was a son. You're sons of God. God's restoration plan is working in us and through us and for us right now. We have to understand that. We have to pray today for the Ukrainian people. On last night, Russia has begun to launch an assault against Ukraine to prepare the battlefield. It appears that there's going to be a war. And so uh, maybe as we're speaking, missiles are being launched. Uh, the, 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 they've cleared the air space. And it, I, don't, I don't think you can even fly commercial planes in that airspace right now. 
and the military has taken over. And so we're headed for something very interesting. I've been up for a while, couldn't sleep. And so I turned it on. I was discussing it with, with Pastor Adrian this morning. And she said, I can't believe it, honey. We're in 2022 and this is happening. And I said, honey, listen, it has to happen. Hear what I'm saying? It has to happen. You may be thinking, why are you saying it, Bishop? Why does it have to happen? Read your Bible. There'll be wars and there'll be rumors of wars. These things are the setting. They're, 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 they're the stage that sets it up for the Antichrist. These things have to happen for this Antichrist to now manifest himself out of Europe. That's what the scripture, that's the location which he will rise. These things are going to happen. Then he will say, peace, peace. He'll win the heart of the people through manipulation and what have you. And so they're going to happen. We're living in the last days. What is our position as being the righteous? Our position is to pray. The Bible says the hearts of the king is in the hand of God. He can pull them down and he can put them in position. And so it's our responsibility to declare that God will now deal with the leaders of this world. Deal with the leaders of this world. And based upon God's will, we declare prophecy will be fulfilled. It, it, it will rain on the just and the unjust. But what I do know, in the end, the will of God will be done. So we ask for the peace of God for the Ukrainian people. We ask through the beginning of what it appears to be as war, that some way, somehow, God will orchestrate his change agents to be amongst the Ukrainian people and the Russian people to bring about his plan for redemption, to bring about his plan for salvation. We thank you for it, we declare it, and we decree it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Charlene. May Amen. you all and may you all have a wonderful day. Pastor Adrian and I, we love you all so much. God bless. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. Please remember everyone to send in your prayer requests. Send them in to www newdestiny.online from the home page click connect then scroll down to prayer request and enter your request we've been called to pray you one for another and to pray without ceasing on behalf of Bishop Smith Elder Gale Sister Shirley and our entire New Destiny family we want to thank you Thank you for coming on the call today and standing in the gap, interceding for others. Please invite others to join in on the prayer call Tuesday through Thursday at 5 a.m. 
and we have corporate intercessory prayer on Saturday mornings. We are live in the sanctuary, and we're also live streaming. This Saturday, we will be at the Oakland campus, at the Oakland campus. Let's go before Father God once again before we close out the prayer this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for your your word. Thank you for every caller. Thank you, Father, that you tenderize our hearts, Father. Tenderize every heart this morning. Resensitize us again. Thank you, Father, that for the prayer that was prayed, dear God, for the Ukrainians, even the Russians. Father, we thank you that you sensitize us, that even though we're here in America, we pray for them. Resensitize our hearts, Holy Spirit, to love as you love Jesus. Father, I pray for each one on this call. Holy Spirit, cause us to remember the love of Father God. Hallelujah. Father, may we remember our Savior as we see those without homes. May we remember and see Jesus when we pray for those that need healing. May we see Jesus when we look at those that need deliverance and salvation. Father, I pray that each caller, that we, Father, truly have your heart of compassion. So when we look at others, we see your love. May your love flow, dear God through us, that we reach others. Jesus, be seen and felt through every caller. Change us so that we reach prodigal sons and daughters to bring them back to you. Holy Spirit, draw them. Draw them back. Hallelujah. Help us to help them get on back in the right track, back in alignment to know their true identity in you. Father, let your love, your grace, your mercy be shed abroad to each caller. Bless them in Jesus' name. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, We seal every prayer prayed by your spirit this morning. I declare no backlash, no retaliation. I declare Isaiah 54 and 17 that no weapon formed against your people shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against them in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and our righteousness is of you, Lord. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Minister Helena, please open the line. 